and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us part of your day. Uh, we're going to talk to Scotty live from Vegas, uh, getting ready for tonight's Utah State uh, UNLV game. But, uh, Gordon, a good one going on right now in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, San Diego State, and I'm just getting this off ESPN, but uh, six leads 65-64 to 64 over Wyoming with seven seconds to go. Who's got the ball? Uh, it's a Wyoming's called timeout, so Wyoming. In fact, uh, Scotty G joins us now uh, live from Las Vegas. Well, how about San Diego State getting all they can get from the Pokes, huh? Wyoming had been playing really well going into this thing. They scored 111 points in regulation yesterday, um, and they, they were kind of a uh, kind of a dark horse, not necessarily to uh, to win the thing, but I mean they got number one seed San Diego State on the ropes now. Aztecs up one, uh, and I think uh, Matt Mitchell. The Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, who's got two whole points in this game. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm uh, not that I'm saying anything no, there, no. but uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, but he's going to line for a one and one with five and a half seconds left, so they can extend it to a three point lead. I would love to tell you guys I'm in the arena watching it, uh, but Mountain West Conference COVID protocols, even though each team, uh, because there's no fans in the uh, stands, each broadcast group is assigned a suite. So a room all by itself. Gordon, I know you're well aware of what suites are like because <laughs> you live in those. But um, um, I'm sorry. Uh, but so we're, we're completely isolated, but we're not allowed to enter the building until uh, 30 minutes before our team is playing. So I'm in my hotel room uh, as far away from the action as anybody. So there you go. How, how confident or I guess how comfortable do you feel uh, being down there and being around the whole process? Uh, 100% comfortable. Like, I think that, uh, the Mountain West has done a great job. If anything, if I've got a complaint, it's that they've gone too far. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, other broadcast crews could sit in a suite and be able to watch the games, um, in the comfort of a suite away from everybody, but I get it. I understand it's, it's, we just want, and, and, and to their credit too, I know I'm, I'm complaining a little bit here, but. If if and we just saw this with Duke, you have to have seven consecutive days of of negative tests to qualify for the NCAA tournament. Uh, I guarantee this time next week we're going to be talking about teams that had qualified for the tournament but are not playing because they didn't meet that rigid uh, 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 standard. So uh, I get it, I understand it, and they're trying to protect their teams. Not necessarily, you know. I think the players, for the most part, if they get the uh, virus, they'll probably recover and be just fine. But they want to make sure that these guys can get all qualified for the NCAA tournament, the Mountain West could have uh, potentially three or four teams in the tournament, so they're trying to protect them. And, and I get it. I understand it. Didn't Duke's season just get ended with a, with a yeah, COVID that's, that's, positive? Yeah, that's so I was referencing. They had a walk-on player who who tested positive, and they, they had to withdraw from the ACC tournament, and their athletic director said, we're just going to call it quits. We're done for the year. Wow, guess who's getting cut next year? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Scotty, it sounds to me like you might have to 
if you have to be very careful about entering the arena and whatnot, uh, is with all that downtime, uh, maybe a little poker should be played. Uh, that's a little bit surprising. I mean, we're down here at the South Point, which is uh, I, I I came down to Vegas earlier this year. Utah State played a couple of games down here, and uh, we were at a uh, hotel that did not have a casino, and that was in in January when the virus was really ra- you know it was had that huge huge uh, run uh, right after the holidays. And so I'm like, you know what? I like to gamble, but I like to play poker, but I'm just going to stay put. And I didn't do anything uh, too crazy. But now down here in March and the virus has kind of at least retreated somewhat, I walked in the casino and I was, uh, you know, we're down here at the South Point. So you walk through a casino to get to the elevators, to get to your hotel room. And I was shocked. This place was packed. Uh, not a lot of social distancing going on. Uh, I thought you'd see some partitions at like the craps table, but there was none of that, none of that at the blackjack table. So right now down here at Vegas, it's uh, full steam ahead, it seems like. Hmm. Scotty G joining us. Uh, and, Scotty, we'll get to the Aggies and the game coming up tonight, but I, I do want to take you back to last year. And uh, I saw you throw out some tweets about this. And, uh, you know, that that Sam Merrill shot was, was meant to be. What an incredible run by the Aggies last year. And to get it in before everything changed and, and shut down just by sheer coincidence because – what the for the first time ever the Mountain West Conference tournament was was moved by a massive convention, right? And and I guess someone wanted that shot to go down before the world changed. Yeah, I mean the Mountain West always is that week. They always end on that Saturday uh, before Selection Sunday, and that's the way it's always been for you know as long as this conference has been in existence. And there was a bit of a weird scheduling snafu last year where there was a huge construction conference. And so, you know, they uh, they talked to their talked to the individual universities in the summer before and said, hey, look, we can still hold the tournament, but just know it's going to cost cost your your schools a lot of money. We can't help you out with hotels. And so as a conference, they decided, well, let's just go a week early and just for one year, we'll do it. Uh, We'll have a we'll just go one week early and we'll call it good. And boy, it was incredibly fortunate because that's the year they were able to get the game in on the uh, seventh when Sam hit the shot and then the 11th in the week that it normally would have been the conference tournament, all hell broke loose with a coronavirus. So yeah, it was a, it was a stroke of luck for Sam to get that shot and uh, for Utah state to get that conference championship. So Scotty, what are you expecting for the, uh, from the Aggies this time around? What do you, what do you, what are you foreseeing? Uh, I will, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's really, as you can see right now, and I think San Diego state by all accounts, and I don't know if you, uh, can see or anything, but it looks like the game's about to end. San Diego State's going to escape. But I did not include Wyoming on this list, but there's five teams that have a honest-to-goodness, realistic, strong chance of winning this tournament. San Diego State, Utah State, Colorado State, um, Nevada, and I'm leaving out another team in there, Boise State. Uh, those five teams, it would not shock me at all to see one of those teams win the tournament this year. It's just been a very parity-driven league, especially the top half of the league. And so I think Utah State is as healthy as they've been all year with Raleigh Wooster and Brock Miller finally getting back in the lineup and playing well. Uh, Namish Keita is playing the best basketball in his career. So I think Utah State is really hitting their stride at a very, very good time. Uh, but with that said, they've lost to UNLV earlier this year, and it wouldn't surprise me if UNLV on their home court was able to pull an upset. Uh, Utah State should win this game, and they should win it easily. But this has been a weird year, and it wouldn't surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me if Utah State reeled off three in a row and won the tournament for the third straight year. So with that in mind, Scotty, um, how much meat do you think is left on that bone for Utah State to to 
feel comfortable getting into the tournament? Do they need to get to the finals? Do they need, obviously winning it would ensure it, but what do you think? They need to get to the finals, and in doing so, uh, knocking off Colorado State. Uh, if Colorado State loses tonight, that certainly opens up a spot uh, for Utah State. And then if they win tomorrow, they get to the championship game. That means they've essentially let frog Colorado State, either by them losing tonight or losing uh, to Utah State tomorrow. So that really opens up things. Uh, it wouldn't hurt if Boise State were to lose. Obviously, it never hurts if Boise State loses at anything. But uh, uh, if Boise <laughs> – was that Austin? <laughs> that was Austin. <laughs> wow. Uh, but, uh, it w- but if Boise State were to lose, that certainly would clinch it. I think the Mountain West is getting three teams in, uh, and, and Utah State and Boise State and Colorado State. San Diego State's punched their ticket. They're in. It's just uh, two spots for those other three teams. And Utah State's got a good resume. Uh, and I think if they win tonight and they win tomorrow, then they're uh, probably fairly comfortable. Strange question for you, Scotty, but how many f- uh, future MDA players are in the Mountain West right now, you think? Um, I think Derek Alston of Boise State's got a really good chance. Uh, what's your definition of NBA? Just being on a roster, being in the G League, getting call-ups from time to time, or a guy that's uh, like, consistently... I, 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 on a team first. Uh, I would years. say an NBA contract. Um, uh, Derek Alston will get one. Uh, Grant Shearfield of Nevada will get one. Um, I'm not so sure about Matt Mitchell, your player of the year. He might be, but I don't know. Um, I'd say probably four to five right now. Nimi being one of those, you think, Nimi right? being one of those, yeah. yeah. I um, think, I, and I think he's got an opportunity for sure. By the way, San Diego State just beat Wyoming. 69-66, so they hold on and get the W there. Scotty, I want to talk to you about the development of Kata because uh, I've heard you talk about this from time to time, and I, I think it's really cool what Utah State has done with him up there. Uh, he comes back and he, invol- he evolves his game even more to the point where they're running their offense through him a lot of the time. Talk about his evolution this year, becoming a more well-rounded player in preparation for the, le- uh, the league. Well, he uh, so when they signed him as a freshman, he didn't make it over until like the mid to late August. So, and, and he had a tremendous freshman year. It was a freshman year and defensive player of the year as a true freshman. Uh, but but he didn't have a lot of time to work with the strength and development staff and get to where he needed to be strength wise, and still had a great freshman year. And obviously declared for the draft and then decided to come back. And then the next summer, he has the really nasty injury that he never really fully recovered from, and he played better as the year went on, but. It just was never the same. And so he lost all of that offseason. So he's essentially had two full offseasons where he never really got a chance to work with Utah State trainers and and all of that. And then this year when COVID hit, he decided to stay in Logan and and he was completely healthy at that point. He had a chance to completely work on his game and really develop on who he was. And you see the the results on it. It's just remarkable. And, And I don't know what his future holds in terms of the NBA. Maybe if it was 20 years ago, he'd have a better shot because the game's kind of evolved and he's kind of more of a traditional big back-to-the-basket kind of guy. But he is such a tremendous player and just a tremendous rebounder, uh, score around the rim. His passing is remarkable. His ability to defend on the pick-and-roll, I think, is probably his best asset that's going to allow him to get a shot in the NBA and he and instinctually he just comes up with big play after big play. He's a guy. Look, he's the only player in Mountain West Conference history to average uh, nearly 15 points, 10 assists or 10 rebounds, uh, three assists, and three block shots. Nobody's ever put up that line in Mountain West Conference history before. And he's an all-around player. He's a good dude. 
and I, I think the sky's the limit for him. Wherever he ends up, he's going to make up make a lot of money playing the game of basketball. He's the best player, best amateur player in the state of Utah right now. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Scotty, what? Speaking of the NBA. I wanted to get your opinion on what your expectations are for the Jazz coming down the stretch here. Do you think they will finish the season with a top spot in the West, and are they a legitimate contender for a championship? Uh, yes and yes. I I think that they've padded themselves a nice enough lead. I don't know about you guys. I think the Suns probably come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, I think the Jazz, their schedule is uh, is beneficial to the point where I think they hold on to the number one seed. Um, I think they've got a chance to be right there, you know, especially if if they finish at the one and the Clippers or Lakers are two and three, then I don't see any reason why they can't play, uh, um, you know, Western Conference Finals. And at that point, look, we may have a full arena at that point, the way we're going right now. And California is going to lag behind. That's an advantage there. I look if I had to pick it, I'd still probably pick the Lakers. But there's no reason why the Jazz can't be there knocking on the door winning a title this year. And then, but you know, the other part of this, Gordon, and I'm sure you and Jacob talked about this. You fight and you claw and you scratch all year long, and you, you end the season like, yeah, we're the one seed. And they're like, congratulations, you have Golden State, you have Steph Curry, or congratulations, you have Luca and Dallas in the first round. And you're like, geez, that that that's quite a reward for being the number one seed in the Western Conference and the number one team in the NBA. But the Western Conference is loaded this year, but look, the way the Jazz are, and I, I'm not too overly concerned about the loss, you know, three out of the four losses, uh, I think this team hits a groove and they continue to pile up the wins in the regular season. You think the, uh, the, the second half of the year, Scotty, let me put it this way, how much is fatigue going to be a factor? Because everything's so close together. The Jazz have a benefit of they don't have too many games, only one, right? The game they lost against the, or they that was postponed against the Wizards that they'll have to make up. But it's it's a situation where there's not a whole lot of practice time. I mean, they'll play one game at home, and then they go back out onto the road. But it's a lot of games, uh, you know, and even a smaller window than was the first half of the season. you think that'll be an issue? Uh, I think it could be. But I also think a lot of other teams are going to be dealing with that right, as well. Right. And that's why, actually, and granted, I mean, I, I don't think the effects of having two extra days is going to last particularly long into the second half of the season. But I don't, I don't hate the fact that they've had a really lengthy all-star break here, uh, not only to recharge themselves, but recharge their minds going into this one because it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, but, I look, I, I, think, I think it's going to be I, – I, I don't know about you, Jake, but it kind of felt like you could tell this team – when they had the long winning streak, when they were winning 22 out of 23, it kind of felt like it was weighing on them a little bit yeah. uh, near the stretch. I think Locke kind of alluded to that as well. And I think maybe dropping a couple games, having a long all-star break, maybe that kind of resets everything and where this team can kind of just start the second half of the season on a clean slate. They're just too good to uh, to struggle more than I think they, they, that, they, that some people think they might. And I think they're ready to go on another tear. Scotty, not that the team really cares as much about this as, uh, you know, going to uh, the finals or having an opportunity like that, but how many individual awards do you think the Jazz are going to reel in after this season? Uh, Okay, so I I need your opinion on this because – and maybe this is coming from a guy who kind of grew up in Utah slash Idaho where you think the whole world is against you. But the Knicks being marginally good at basketball – leads me to believe that Tom Thibodeau is going to win Coach of the Year. But 
we've talked to Kurt Heelan, we've talked to Jordan Schultz over the last couple of days, and they still think that it's Quinn Snyder's Quinn Snyder's uh, you know, award to lose. And but I'm just thinking, wait a minute, I don't know. The Knicks back east with a lot of voters back there, and the Knicks actually being decent at the game of basketball, I could see. I could see Quinn losing that award, but you know the national guys we still talk to st- seem to think that it's still Quinn Snyder. So I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm still leaning on that. Maybe it's just because I'm uh, I'm a skeptic. I, I don't know about the coach of the year, but I think Jordan Clarkson will rack up the uh, sixth man of the year. And frankly, I think Rudy should be defensive player of the year. You know, Joel Embiid will end up being the MVP. So then they they slip defensive player of the year to Rudy. That's kind of my thought right there. You know, you're speaking of Vegas. Uh, Vegas has uh, Quinn as the uh, the favorite to get the coach of the year. Okay, so, so am I being a am I being a conspiracy theorist there? Or do you guys what do you guys think on that? No, I'm I'm right there with you. I think they'll try and find any excuse to <laughs> oh, give Jake. it to the Knicks head coach. I do. All those all those writers that vote on it live back there. I mean, look There's, at look at all anybody talked about over the All Star break was the Dern Knicks. What are they? Five hundred? Yeah. Wait. Wait, if the Jazz finished with the best record in the NBA, you still think they're going to take that award away from Quinn? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, I, I hope I'm wrong. And like these, like I said, these national guys are telling us we're we're morons for thinking that. But maybe we're just a uh, a skeptical society mm. because we've been burned a few times. I mean, Jerry should have won it over Hubie Brown back in 03-04, but didn't happen. All right, Scotty, let me throw a question your way that Gordon and I have been batting about for the past couple of days. How many Utah teams get into the NCAA tournament? Um, I'm going to go three. That's where we settled on, too. Look, obviously BYU's in, and then two out of the three of UVU. uh, Well, you know, you got Weaver and Southern Utah in that same conference. So I'm going to say one of those two teams are going to win. That conference and our conference tournament, and then uh, it'll come down to Utah State and UVU, and I think one of the two will end up in it. It's kind of where we were, right, Gordon? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Like let's let's uh, hope so. Guess. Three three teams in this year would be would be pretty rad. That'd be pretty no, that'd cool. be great. Yeah, that'd be really cool. It, and and four four is not out of the realm of possibility because. Uh, UVU, what uh, I believe they're the one seed, right, going into their tournament. I think they're the two seed, but they did just beat Grand Canyon, who's the one seed. Okay, all right, Scotty, how do you how do you foresee the NCAA tournament unfolding in Indiana this year? It's such a unique situation, but what do you how do you, you think it's going to be cool? Uh, I think it will be. I I, I mean, I think playing uh, playing NCAA tournament games in uh, what's it called? Hinkle Fieldhouse, the place where Hoosiers was shot. I think that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, you know, they've got three or four locations in that city that that are uh, poised and ready. Everybody essentially is in a bubble. So yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it'll be pretty cool. I mean, I'm excited for it. It's a weird year, so so try to find a way to make it work and and do your best to get around it. Uh, I I do like the various cities and going across the country and everything else, but having it in a central location for one year. I think it'll go smoothly outside of the first round. Uh, once they get everybody in a bubble uh, there in Indy, I think I think you're you're going to be okay in terms of the COVID. But I do think early next week is going to be a problem when teams are testing and you know the the water boy or the walk on like what happened to Duke or whoever gets tested positive and everything has to shut down. I'll tell you a story about Utah State. Um, so they played at Fresno on Friday and. 
and to make sure that they were eligible for the Mountain West Conference tournament and then hopefully the NCAA tournament, they uh, they took you know they had a charter flight and then they had a couple other flights so that they could spread out their team into differing travel locations so that they weren't all together on a plane so that if somebody tests positive they could eliminate that group but yet the other groups could could still fill the team Hmm. and so they kind of had to stagger it coming down here to vegas they did a bunch of different buses and stuff so that uh, they didn't fly, so they weren't all in the same plane. They took multiple different multiple buses so they could keep guys. Because apparently you can't travel together. If, if somebody tests positive and you travel together, that wipes out your whole team. But if you're on a practice court together, that's okay. So, <laughs> so may, I don't know. I, I don't get it, but that's the rules, and so everybody's trying to abide by them. Are you going to go, Scotty? Do you get to go if, if I do. you make it? That's great. I do. That's cool. I don't know how it's going to play out or what, what it's going to look like, but, yeah, I'll be there. You're going to be like, uh, what's that bad Jake Gyllenhaal movie? Uh, the <laughs> Bubble Boy? Bubble Boy. You're going to yeah. make it, hey, Scott, we've got this bubble for you, and we're going to need you to uh, do this until tournament time. As long as I'm not in a conference room, you know, watching, trying to call a game off a 13-inch monitor, then I'm happy. Absolutely. No, it's great. I think it's it's cool. It's obviously good for the station. Uh, yeah. Uh, you get to make that trek. So we'll be we'll be listening tonight. And uh, thank you, Scotty. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. There you go. The one and only Scotty G, the voice of the Utah State Aggies, and Utah State takes on uh, UNLV. Tonight, Gordon here on the station. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 6.30. And uh, the, the Yagi should win that. But I always thought it was it was dumb. UNLV got to play on their home floor every year. Well, what are you going to do? Take it somewhere else. You can stay in Vegas. Uh, Go bump yeah, the WCC good... out, of, out of New Orleans. Oh, oh, I got you. Okay. There's a there's like a, it's well, the entertainment capital of the world. There's like a zillion places they could play. So you're not saying move to Denver? No. Yeah, that's saying, what I thought. Get off uh-huh. their home floor. I mean, even okay. in a game like like tonight where they uh, they don't have fans. Obviously, it's a, a little bit different. But I mean, it's still your home rims. You've been playing on that floor all year. You've been down there for Mountain West tournaments, Gordon. When there is yeah. fans, it's definitely a disadvantage for the other team. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it's just so hard. Vegas is such a great place to have a tournament based that, uh, yeah. Uh, so you think uh, their familiarity with the environment, with, the, as you said, the rims, uh, the gym, all that uh, makes a huge difference? It does make a difference, sure. I, uh, I think they ought to move the tournament to Oshkosh. Wisconsin? So no, yeah, so that no one has any Nobody kind has of advantage, a- yeah. Uh, what about well, that would uh, be a fun place to go? Yeah. <laughs> what about Mesquite? Not too close to other teams in the conference. Is it? We need a whole new time zone that's not involved <laughs> oh, in the conference. What about uh, hey, maybe maybe they could have? You know what they should do? Rent out an aircraft carrier. And on water, play put, on water. Yeah. How about how about uh, the great equalizer being the weather? Move it outside to the racetrack. Love it. That'd be pretty awesome. But right? only in a snowy weather place. <laughs> I don't want a racetrack in in, Not in Vegas. Key West. Yeah, I don't need someplace windy. I want a racetrack in uh, Juneau, Alaska. Actually, I get it why they don't do it, and I like that it, these tournaments are in Vegas because it does give fans a place to go. But if it were yeah. all about fairness, I do like the home court going to the team that wins the regular season, and it, uh, particularly in a league like the Big Sky. And Big Sky's in Boise. They don't do this. Uh, they don't do this anymore. But. 
where it matters so much because there's only one team that's going and it all comes down to that tournament, at least give the regular season champ a little nod, little little congratulations for winning all year long. Does that get hard with lodging and stuff, though, making travel arrangements? Well, it's not for fans. I mean, uh, guys, when when Las Vegas is in your footprint, you've got to have it there. You've got to have there's no there's no choice. Well, you heard me acknowledge that I I like it that yeah. it's down there. I'm saying if if you wanted to make it fair for everyone, I like that, like that, as opposed to, you know, just letting UNLV like have a bunch of home games every year. <laughs> have they, has anything been proven out? Uh, have they had an an out of ordinary amount of success in the in the conference tournament? Uh, Google might know. Yeah. Stay tuned. More big show next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone.